This essay is by a sociology professor named Indra Munshi. She taught at the University of Bombay before she retired. Her works are mainly on the life of uh, Adivasis, tribal studies, uh, sociology and environment, and sociology of tourism. She has written many books like Contradictions in Indian Society and Adivasi Life Stories. So this essay talks about uh, the situation of Adivasis uh, from the colonial times to the present. What has happened to them? How has they fared? How did their life turned out to be uh, since independence? So she calls them ecologically fragile tribes, which means that any upset in their uh, in the forest area or in the uh, geographical area in which they live will directly affect them. For example, if something happens in your town area, if you are living in a town, uh, you can just move to another house in a different part of the town. So, uh, but it's not easy for the tribals to do that. Their lives are very much tied to the uh, forest area in which they live. This is the difference. And this essay also looks at uh, what has caused the migration. So, in terms, in the name of development and progress, many forest areas were uh, taken away from the Adivasis and they were forced to migrate to other places. But it is not as easy for the uh, Adivasis to migrate because uh, because of the, their attachment to the place they live. So they have lost their homeland, that is what the title is, they, they lost their land as well as the livelihood, which means the uh, means to survive, that was also lost. During the colonization time, the Adivasis initially used to live very close to nature. They used to cultivate in the land that they had, but they didn't cultivate every year. In fact, what they have practiced is what is known as shifting cultivation. This means that they will cultivate for one or two years, then they will leave the land fallow for next two or three years. So by this time, the land will regain its fertility very naturally. Then they will regain, then they will restart cultivating. So this was the practice. Uh, what other farmers used to do was they cultivate every year and the next year the uh, cultivation would be less because uh, the land will have lost its fertility so what they will do they will uh, put artificial manure and pesticides uh, so the Adivasis did not do that so the British government needed tax from all kinds of people including farmers so from Adivasis they could not get regular income because after one year of income they will not be cultivating so there is no income there is nothing to pay taxes so the uh, british government what they did they divided this land and forced these tribal people to start cultivating every year uh, but what happened was after one or two years the land's fertility will be lost the soil will not be fertile anymore so these uh, people then they did not have any uh, agricultural tools uh, they did not have any uh, other income uh, the land would lose its fertility 
and because of all kinds of problems they did not have enough money to give to the uh, british as tax so there were all these parsi people uh, there's a community in india they used to uh, sell liquor and they also used to uh, lend money to people at very high interest so these poor farmers these tribals they had to depend on these parsi liquor sellers to get money to give it to the uh, british people now what happened was uh, this became a very dangerous and exploitative cycle they won't have enough money for to have money they will borrow from these people they will start cultivating the cultivation always will not result in uh, any proper crops sometimes crop failures happen sometimes you have to borrow more money they'll have they'll become depressed what will they do uh, the men will go and buy liquor which again is sold by the parsi people so and this vicious cycle became very cruel and what happened was also alienation of land so imagine that the tribals when they initially lived they were very close contact with the land in which they lived remember the title of the essay loss of land and livelihood their daily existence depended on the land they did not exploit the land until the british forced them to do so now uh, these people now uh, they were completely dependent upon other people they were living very uh, with very average means they did not have any long term you know plans and all they lived very uh, modestly without any luxury uh, but independently now because of uh, these changes this uh, tax changes and the parsi liquor sellers their independence was completely gone they were now dependent on the uh, money lenders they were depend on the british uh, tax uh, people they were depend on the shopkeepers where they have to borrow uh, provisions for their daily success, uh, sustenance at a credit they don't have enough money to pay them so they were started getting dependent upon people so they became very frustrated and they started fighting against and revolting against these money lenders and all so this happened all over india if you look at uh, early 9 uh, 20th century there were many uh, uh, rebellions by the poor farmers against this Uh, money lenders and landlords even in kerala you will find such incidents so what happened was uh, from independence they became very deep dependent the adivasis were independent initially but because of this exploitation and all they became very dependent on other uh, people so what they did what happened was not only did they have to depend on other people they also lost their self respect so if you have to uh, depend on other people for your daily survival uh, you might have no respect for yourself that might happen especially for adivasis they used to live very close contact with nature and they had did not have to depend on any other people but now they have to depend on other people who treated them as uh nothing better than slaves in this section there is a long detailed list of uh, how the adivasi land all over india was taken away uh, by 
rich people and even the government itself in order to start a new developmental industrial project so this has happened in many districts including uh, tamil nadu andhra pradesh madhya pradesh and other regions so the government itself started taking away the lands uh, this was actually in contravention this was against the rules that said adivasi land should be uh, should belong to them only they cannot be taken away but in clear violation of these uh, rules they started to uh, take away the land and resources of these people and remember that the forest and the places where adivasis live are full of natural resources so the government started to see an opportunity uh, by removing the people from this land and started to use this land for industrial and developmental projects so this was happening in the early um, independence time when government started to uh, push for big industrial projects all over india developmental projects and industrialization urbanization was the main goal of the government large dam dams large industrial complexes infrastructure mines and forests were all built uh, in forest areas and the people who lived there the tribals were uh, removed from there and this was ha- what happened even after independence so before independence the british people exploited them after independence the government itself started take this project of exploitation of tribals you have seen uh, this quotation from international alliance of indigenous uh, tribal peoples of the tropical forest so indira munshi is quoting somebody and that person is saying uh, the decision to build industries mines townships dams forest depots were by the uh, government but it was imposed on the tribal people they did not have a choice on it and why was this done for the economic growth of the country uh, so the economic growth of the country uh, directly resulted from the exploitation of the uh, tribal people and when the uh, industry became developed the economy became developed who did it benefit the people who are in the uh urban uh the rich people so look at what happened uh the land of the tribals were taken in the name of progress and development and the benefit directly went to the rich and powerful people in the cities and the villages so they not only did not benefit anything from it they were also exploited the land was looted land was exploited they were thrown away from their place of life and livelihood uh, so this is what is uh, quoted in the in that passage there was a land acquisition bill which was made by the british government so this was to take away the land of anybody so Uh, when the british moved and the new independent india st- uh, took charge what they did was uh, they did not change this law instead they used this land uh, law to acquire land from the uh, tribal people without their permission 
so a colonial law was reused by the indian government to uh, exploit tribals further so there was no virtually any change from the uh, colonial times to the present times exploitation of tribals continued there is a commissioner for scheduled castes and tribes who regularly produces reports on the state of tribals in the uh, indian country so in 1986-87 bd sharma was the commissioner and he wrote that there was lot of tension between the uh, poor tribals and the uh, people and the state so they were fighting with the government because they are losing their land their property and they don't have any they are living in poverty and many times uh, the tribals who live in the forest are seen as trespassers which means that uh, they don't even have the rights to live in their own land in fact uh, when a government starts an industrial project these people who live there already are now seen as people who are trespassing on government property so that is how the government treats tribal people so there is something else called forest produce now forest produce is the things that you can get from the uh, forest for consumption it could be uh, firewood it could be some you know uh, forest material like you know natural resin or you know uh, some other material that you can use for daily consumption so the tribals are allowed to collect mfp mfp is minor forest produce nothing big we are not allowed to exploit forest uh, products but uh, you can uh, tribals can use them for their own sustenance and livelihood even that is now uh, taken away from the tribals another uh, commissioner uh, who was the commissioner in 2001 to 2 he said in many areas uh, agriculture by tribals have declined all over india agriculture has increased but among the tribals this has decreased so tribals do not have enough uh, materials and technology to sustain agriculture in a large scale way they don't have enough land some have land but they are it's very less they don't have enough land to make a uh, proper profit or anything so what they do they have to now migrate to other areas and other uh, cities because they lack employment in their own area they have to now move to the city and many uh, public companies even public companies and even private companies continue to uh, exploit these tribals and uh, this has led to the impoverishment of tribals they became now in poverty ridden state and it's clear that many industries and projects are coming up in tribal areas because these areas are forest areas which are full of natural resources so naturally all these forest uh, these companies will try to make their industries and companies in such areas so they have to evacuate all the tribals there uh, around 9 million to 20 million people are uh, displaced in india and about 40 percent of them are tribals in india in various industrial projects many people are displaced and among these 40 percent of them are tribals so this is the uh, 
കമ്മീഷണർ ഓഫ് കമ്മീഷണർ ഓഫ് ട്രൈബൽ ആസ്പെക്ട്സ് ടോക്കിംഗ് അബൌട്ട് ദർ സ്റ്റേറ്റ് സോ വൺ റിപ്പോർട്ട് ഫോർസ് നയൻറ്റീൻ അനദർ റിപ്പോർട്ട് ഫോം ടു ബട്ട് യു ക്യാൻ സീ ദറ്റ് നത്തിങ് മച്ച് ഹാസ് ചേഞ്ച് ദർ പോവർട്ടി ഹാസ് ഇൻക്രീസ് they are become um, unemployed they don't have enough uh, employment in their own area they have to move to the cities and even in cities they are not getting any good jobs they have to look for any uh, unskilled labor force they become part of the unskilled labor force and starts to live in fringe areas of urban cities like slum areas so this is their fate well the rest of the country progresses in the name of Uh, using uh, forests and tribal areas the tribes themselves become impoverished and they live in poverty and they become miserable when big industries and companies continue to exploit the forests the natural resources of the forests became depleted so uh, people who use these resources the tribes are unable to meet their needs their daily needs this is especially bad for the women Uh, in tribal areas who have to meet the fuel water food fodder requirements of the family and its cattle they have to meet this requirement from the forest but the forest has become uh, the forest is now lacking natural all these resources because of the exploitation of companies now they have to struggle harder and many adivasis are forced to migrate to uh, rural areas or urban areas in search of work they are what is called footloose workers now footloose workers are people who does not have a proper job who has to uh, shift from one job to another so uh, such workers does not have any security or protection they don't know when they'll get a uh, they won't get enough payment uh, they'll be exploited so all these things can happen to footloose workers they are unorganized they don't have a trade union or something they simply shift from one job to another because they are unskilled laborers and in the northeast tribal belt which means uh, places in uh, the northeast area of india like uh, you know uh, nagaland manipur assam all those areas the tribal situation is different from central and southern india so tribals there are different from the tribals in uh, these areas they did not have much uh, immigration in colonial days uh, but now even there things are changing the tribals are a majority in arunachal pradesh nagaland mizoram and uh, meghalaya uh, so they are not facing the kind of exploitation that tribals in other areas are uh, experiencing for example people somebody who is living in jharkhand or in andhra pradesh tribals there are facing exploitation of land and such resources but tribals in arunachal pradesh nagaland mizoram and meghalaya they don't have they are also tribals but they don't have the same kind of exploitation that happens in other parts of india central india and southern india so in the early 90s the indian government adopted the po- policy of globalization and liberalization which means opening the market uh, further so that uh, foreign companies also can come and 
invest in India and start uh, their offices here. So this has actually accelerated the exploitation of tribals. Uh, the government also did something more. They opened more scheduled areas for investment. So big companies uh, were allowed to come into these forest areas, which were actually scheduled areas. Scheduled means scheduled uh, is actually uh, we are talking about the Constitution of India, in which some areas were uh, scheduled areas, which means uh, they are protected areas which cannot be exploited. But now the government is uh, taking those places also, uh, forgetting that they are scheduled areas and transfer of tribal land to companies are happening. So big companies are now starting in tribal areas. So a lot of tension is happening across uh, India. For example, the Indian tobacco company in Andhra Pradesh, the Jindals, they are a big business family in India. They are uh, doing business in Chhattisgarh in tribal area. The Sahara Housing Limited has acquired land in Maharashtra. So all these areas, remember, they are areas of the tribal people. They are now being open to big, big companies. So they will come and exploit this land. The tribals will be thrown away and this land will be taken up by the government, government and the, these companies. So government is also helping these companies and exploiting the tribals. Another big threat that happens in tribal areas is of uh, mining companies. So mining companies and mines and quarries are where metal resources are being mined and taken for industry. So in many areas of India, uh, mines and quarries are started by big companies and Adivasis are evicted from these places. This has happened in Chhattisgarh and uh, other areas of India. Chhattisgarh, lot of people are tribals, almost 31% uh, of all Chhattisgarh people are Adivasis and many uh, clashes are happening between Adivasis and police in uh, many regions. Uh, they have very poor malnutri uh, very poor nutritional and uh, education and health. Malnutrition is very high in such areas and big companies like Tata are acquired land in these areas to start building steel plants and uh, other companies. One particular case they mention uh, is about the uh, steel plant planned by the Tata's. The Tata company has is starting a uh, steel plant in 2000 hectares that actually belong to 10 villages in Lohandi Guda which is a fifth scheduled area which means that uh, it's a tribal area nobody should enter there but the government has completely disregarded it and started giving this land to the Tatas. Uh, this was in clear violation of the provisions of the Panchayats. So there is a uh, PESA Act in 1996 which gives uh, autonomy to the Panchayats to rule themselves. But the central government violated these rules and started to uh, give this land to the Tata company. Uh, we can also see that this area is especially important because 
this is the only area in which this particular culture of Maria Gond. It's a tribal culture. These people are nowhere else in India. So they only survive in that area. So their culture and civilization will be completely lost. Also, wild buffaloes are there. They are particular to that region. They will also be now go extinct if the company is built there. So what happened was there was a Panjayat Act. It said that these areas should be governed by the Panjayat themselves. But the government has completely disregarded it. And Adivasis were thrown out. The culture was lost. Wild buffaloes were started to become extinct. So this is what is happening in many areas in India. And this is just an example of such a thing. This came out in the report of the Center for Science and Environment in 2008. The loss of land in the Lohandiguda region. So across India, while tribal areas are being taken away by private companies, we must not forget that the government is also helping these private companies to exploit the tribals. Now, the tribals are not sitting idle. They are starting to resist. They are also reaffirming their rights, their tribal self. They want to recapture the lands that were taken away from them. So a kind of uh, militancy is happening among tribals. So this is what you hear as a militancy. So militancy are armed groups who fight against the government. Don't confuse it with military. Military is the government forces who uh, protect the state from foreign and other uh, forces. Militants are actually armed Maoist who fights against the governments. So E.A.S. Sharma, former commissioner of tribal welfare, he says that I, I do not believe in violence by anybody because I believe in democracy. But left extremism, this is what is called the Maoist and Naxalites in tribal areas, that is only a secondary issue. The primary issue is that many of these private companies as well as police and military and even the government itself is exploiting the tribals, taking away their land, their property as well as their right to live in that place. So the constitution has upheld uh, the rights of the tribals but the government has completely disregarded it and going on their own way to exploit the tribals. So if the government uh, live by the spirit of the constitution, if you look at the constitution, the constitution has provided enough measures to support the tribals and if every government starts to uh, listen to the constitution and live by that constitution, rule by that constitution, then there will not be any tribal discontent, which means that the tribal militancy will go down. They will cooperate with the rest of the uh, state, the rest of the government. But they should not be exploited. The militancy, the Maxilites come only because the government is exploiting the tribals. Look at the two issues there. There are many welfare schemes for tribals. Some tribals have benefited from it. The other issue is that many tribal young men and women, they don't want to do their tribal occupations. They want to move to the city and pursue modern education and modern employment. 
so these two problems are there the author argues that it should be a choice that the tribal people should have a choice in whether they want to live in their forest areas or whether they want to go to the city it should not be forced on them this is what the author is arguing if you look at the last several decades many tribals are in on the move which means they are constantly moving from one place to another for industrial projects for displacement they are totally removed from their area of uh, the native place and they are moving across uh, different regions of the country for want of jobs and survival now the question of resettlement suppose a tribal is uh, displaced from his uh, area of living then he is resettled in a uh, new place so this new place what happens is that many uh, tribals are intimately tied with their land of survival their livelihood is tied up to the land in which they lived now when they are resettled for a government project or industrial project they move to a new area where they don't know the place they don't know what occupations they can do to survive it is completely inhospitable and foreign to them so what many people then want is to go back to their original native place and live there so then the question comes why is this displacement there but many times it is not the choice of the tribals they are simply displaced they are resettled somewhere else and this has happened several times across the uh, across the country for the past several decades in the case of india even though we say that we are a democracy uh, it is a democracy that usually favors the rich and the powerful the poor tribals are never featuring in this democratic means an important step that happened to correct the historic wrong and restoring the rights of the adivasis has been the uh, bill known as the scheduled tribes recognition of forest rights bill which came in 2005 so this bill uh, gave the rights to uh, adivasis to manage forest areas in which they live so they have the rights to manage things there so this was a uh, good move to resettle or to restore the rights of the forest people or the adivasis so they will have a say they have a choice uh, in what is happening in the forest so when a government or an industrial project comes to that place they will have to first talk to the tribals convince them and uh, then start the project with only with the consent of the tribal people if they say no the project will not happen so they will have a say in the things that happen in those areas but the problem is that this bill was never properly implemented it was a good bill which the government has passed but the bill was never properly implemented for the benefit of the tribal so the tribal benefit still uh, did not happen even though the bill was passed at the governmental level we reached the end of the essay and the author is now talking about 
one final problem that is affecting the adivasis it is the uh, exploitation of adivasi women over land rights so many adivasi women might be contributing more to their families than their men but the land rights usually go to the men so she is uh, giving example of two uh, such incidents uh, among tribals across india one is the ho woman uh, that in uh, these are a tribals in um, jharkhand area and there they don't have any land rights or property rights even though their contribution to the family is much more than the men another is the santals of bihar in which they have started a movement to give land rights to women even the men are supporting that movement so these are two instances in which the uh, rights of adivasi women are also highlighted this is an issue which is usually not addressed when talking about adivasi issues so there are further exploitation within adivasi adivasis so that also should be taken account of and she uh, the indira munshi talks about an incident uh, the about an adivasi woman who was widowed in her youth and her uh, in-laws were trying to throw her out so she had to now fight against the in-laws but the way the fight is going on it is not for her own rights that she can uh, fight for but her own her sons so the son has some uh, the her son will have some right over the marital property uh, the property of her of that son's father or the uh, wife's husband who died and only when she asks for the son's right that she can gather some uh, support from her other community if she asks for her own rights she will not go get any support but she if she asks for her son's right to the property she will get some uh, support from the community so these are all various complicated issues that are uh, discussed in the uh, essay loss of land and livelihood by indra munshi she has done extensive research on uh, various issues faced by the tribals across india and she brings out instances where tribals are exploited not only by rich people or powerful people but even by the government itself she also talks about tribal militancy armed groups within tribals who fight against the government how did they arise what is their reason and various government policies that frequently leads to exploitation she ends the essay with the note on how adivasi women uh, are also to be uh, their rights are also to be addressed so this is the Uh, major aspects that are of the adivasi life in india presently that are discussed in this essay loss of land and livelihood by uh, indra munshi